Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end time word. Greetings, friends, brothers, and sisters. Welcome again to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Brother Mark Aho with you today. We are happy to have our dear brother Tim Dodd back from Uganda. He had an amazing trip. We're going to be unpacking that over the, the next few weeks because he has quite a bit to tell. And while Brother Tim was in Uganda, he had his microphone with him and he was around taking interviews collecting snippets, recordings uh, of the people who are involved in the revival. And we've got from that a nice collection of material that we want to share with you. So one of the places where uh, Brother Tim had some ministers meetings was in the area where Brother Fred Chienji has his church. He has a nice church there, the Cedar Eagles Church, and they were able to have a minister's meeting that was very well attended, and Brother Tim was able to get an interview with Brother Fred while he was there. So we're going to hear comments from Brother Fred and Brother Tim while they are at those meetings in Uganda and some wonderful testimonies of the things that happened there. God bless you, Brother Tim, and welcome home. Thank you, Brother Mark. It's always good to be home. Um, it's almost... Uh with mixed feelings uh, in that we experience great things overseas. However, there's no place like home, the family, the local church, the local ministry, all that God is doing locally. And so I appreciate each and every one that was praying for us. And we're so grateful what the Lord did with us and for us while we were on the field in Uganda. While I was there, I tried to, as you mentioned, uh, I tried to uh, record some snippets, some brief interviews to get a feel on the ground for the people while the meetings were ongoing. This particular group of interviews was taken during the second week in Uganda, focused around Brother Fred's church and ministry. And you mentioned the minister's meetings, which was extremely unusual I would just say it this way, um, they had over 1,200 people, 1,200 brothers, because they specifically asked that they leave their wives at home for the sake of cost and for the sake of space. And so they had over 1,200 brethren, hundreds of them started to gather the night before, slept on the grounds under the open air in the churchyard in Sita. And uh, then we had a wonderful time with them on the Friday. And uh, 1,200 of them, more than 1,200, based on the chairs that were there. I had the brothers, or I asked the brothers if they would raise their hands if they'd been in the message for more than five years. Of those that 
raised their hands, there was about less than 20 or around 20 brothers who have been in the message for more than five years, which we count the beginning of this awakening uh, to be about five years ago. And so all of these brothers that gathered, and they were not all of them, there were some that, that were disappointed they weren't invited simply because of cost factors and distance, others that just were not able to make it for the same reasons. Uh, there were 12, roughly 1,200 ministers that have been in the message for less than five years. What a tremendous, tremendous thing that God is doing over there. I'll make some comments maybe at the end of the podcast, but uh, I want the people to know that this is a very, very unusual thing, and we approach it and treat it with great respect and utmost appreciation for what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing in Uganda. Absolutely, Brother Tim. And with no further delay, we will now play some of the interviews that you were able to get on your recent trip to Uganda. We're here at Brother Fred Chinji's house, enjoying a meal together with Brother Fred and his family and Brother Don, who is here with us. And we're just talking about the meetings and all the things that God did. We had three meetings uh, this week. The first was uh, just outside of the Luero area. The name of the town is, somebody give it to me? Nakasongola. Nakasongola, or something like that. And... Uh, we had a wonderful meeting there. It was a, quite a, a great testimony came out of that meeting. Brother Fred, why don't you share that with us of the man that gave his heart to the Lord out of that meeting? Yes, it was wonderful. That day after Brother has preached, Brother Tim has preached, we had a wonderful time. when they, Because we had limited time since the journey is a little bit long from here, from that place to the church, to Kampala. We had to give them time to go quickly so that I stay with the people behind. And when I went back up to the church, I found them sitting. Then they say, Pastor, I want to talk to you something. I say, I wondered what the chairman, the LOC of the area, the local, local area, want to talk to me. He said, I want to get saved from today onwards. What I have heard from the man preaching about forgiveness. Because Brother Tim had just preached about the message, uh, Brother Barnum, where he spoke about God told him to speak something, whether good or bad, to the people that were doing something wrong in the church, obscene things in the church. And uh, so when Brother Barnum was given that authority to speak the word against all pro those, to help those people, he said, I forgive them. The man said, in my heart, I thought of what I have been doing all the time, and I have never had somebody taking, telling me that God can forgive somebody, give somebody powers to, for, to do whatever he wants, and that somebody then forgives. This is more than God, more than a human being. Then I, this might be that this man who is talking about is a man of God. So he said, today I'm surrendering. I'm coming to Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Not only that, I just want the same message that man has been preaching to be given to me. And it came to my uh, surprise at uh, the end of the meetings in Seta on Friday. They told him that the man came, but he humbly and he could, wanted to see me, but Brother Tim, we had already just departed. 
the man went back and is calling upon us to go back to the area and again organizes the day we meet together. So three of them on that day, the chairman of the area, got saved. And not only that man, even when you remember, Brother Tim, when you were in the meeting with some ministers around, <coughs> the priesthood, oh, excuse me, uh, in the priesthood, a certain Pentecostal pastor came uh, seven kilometers away from the church and said, I've been hearing about Brother Haluna's church, our testimony concerning the message of the hour. But today, and what I have seen and what I've heard from Brother Tim Dodd, I'm deciding to go to, to take this message to my church. Even if ever since that day, the man, at least twice the, the, in, in two days, he always called. Call, I have his phone number. He calls me. We communicate. He wants me to organize, and then we go. He said that he has 15 pastors. He wants me first to meet, and we organize, we baptize the people, but first to preach to them. So he's, the man is so excited there on that day. Now, just to connect the dots for the people, uh, Brother Haruna was the man that we preached in his church last time we were here. And uh, he, there was about 400 or 500 people yeah, there, there. Uh, while the COVID restrictions said you could only have 200. So I hope the government's not listening to this <laughs> podcast. But uh, we had just an outstanding meeting in his church, which was quite amazing. If you remember, the sun, the little window caused the sun to shine directly on the pulpit yes. where my iPad was and my iPad overheated. And so after about 10 or 15 minutes into the message, I had no notes. Mm -hmm. And so I just pushed the iPad aside and we just just preached. And so I'm not much of a preacher, but the Lord used it. Brother Haruna has continued to follow in the light of the message. And now his testimony, and he's a very influential man, his testimony has reached out to this other pastor now who was at the meeting in Nakasangora and how that now he wants to embrace the message Besides, if you didn't catch it, the chairman of the district that has now come into the message of the hour. You said there was a third. There were three people on that day that he was the third. because two, No, he was the fourth. Three people joined him, and he was the fourth to get uh, to, to join uh, the message, uh, to, be, to, to believe the gospel on that day when you preached. Mm. And the Brother Haruna even telling, is telling me, that we shorten the days if we can go there around maybe before January and we go there and we organize a big meeting for mostly the ministers, the Pentecostals and those people around the area. Because now the authorities in Nakasongora, all the authorities, uh, there is a way they are respecting this gospel. Although you know politicians sometimes they are not reliable, but for us we call it a privilege. We are using that chance. Mm -hmm. to go on their wings again to then to preach the gospel of the day. Amen. Then from Nakasangoro we went back. It, it was a three-hour trip to the meeting and a three-hour trip back if we don't include the half hour of standing still in the traffic of Kampala. And then on two days after that, on Friday, we had a meeting with the ministers in Seta Church and uh, I think the outcome was larger, the crowd was larger than you expected, Brother Fred. This was fantastic, so marvelous. What can I say? We expected around three to 500 
people to come on that meeting that day. But I remember you saw us, brother team, sending people for more chairs, to hire chairs. The ground filled with the capacity. In this, I could say, as it was said in the Bible, that not counting women, because on that day we stopped the ministers to come with their wives. We wanted only the pastors to come on that, that day. Yes, only ministers came, male ministers. They came without their wives. But we are surprised. I think I can put this one around 1,000 plus or 1,500 approximately. I'm yet to check on the sheet to see how the registration was. Mm. But in, a number of people came in. And as Brother Fred and Brother Tim were in the office and the meeting was filling up, they had this short conversation. We're just sitting in the minister's office just before the service. And uh, I'm about to go to the pulpit, so it's very unusual for me to do any kind of interview. But now I'll, I'll ask Brother Fred, how many ministers have arrived today? Uh, we expect to be like a more than 1,000 ministers because I've baptized 700 Pentecostal pastors since nine, uh, 20, 2019, 2017. So uh, we expect to be with more than 1,000 pastors around here. We had chairs. We had hired some chairs. We, we hired 800 chairs. But we have found that they are not enough. They have gone to pick others to hire more 200 chairs. And the others are on the, still on the way coming. 800 chairs, not enough chairs. This is just a minister's meeting. This, this is not for the regular congregation. And so we're about to go out into the congregation, but I just wanted you to hear Brother Fred. Did you invite all the ministers or did some not get invited? I invited some. And others invited others. Others stayed through their complaining. They are saying, why didn't you tell us? We have just known it today that the pastor is coming. They are coming from far, so others will fail to come. But these who were able to come, now coming in, are more than a thousand pastors around. I don't know what to say, but I just wanted to get those words on this recording. God bless you. Now, um... I think you rented 800 chairs. We rented 800 chairs, but again, we sent for another 400 chairs, and we are not enough. Then they told me another 400 chairs also came. That mm. is eight, eight times two. Four, four times two. So 1,600 chairs altogether? Yes, we are there. Were they all there? We all 1,600 chairs? We are there. And they were all full? Yeah. My, that's a, more people than I thought. Sorry. Very, very, and a big number of people. Huh. And uh, we are going to find out that when we'll be giving you the exact number because we are going to check in the books. Right. Since we have been moving here and there, we have not yet gone back to the church to find out. Now, I, well, while I was beginning to speak, I saw the crowd and I wanted to know how many were old-time believers. And so I asked everybody that has been in the message for more than five years to put up your hand. And there was less than 20 hands went up. Yeah. And the... If there were less than 20, that means that those are only those, the ushers of Seta Yugo's church. Because even we stopped the believers of the church not to come, mm -hmm. knowing that the chair and the area, the, the field will not be enough for us. So those 20 you saw around were the mm -hmm. deacons and the workers, they are helpers of the church to receive the visitors. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's the amazing thing is that 
of the rest of the people, over a thousand ministers, all in the message less than five years, gathered together. Last year we preached to 200 ministers because there was COVID restrictions. But this year, this many, plus you said that uh, not everyone came because you didn't invite everyone. Sure, we didn't invite everyone, and again, we didn't want to give uh, transport to every person because it would not be enough. And again, we didn't also want to lodge them because those who are coming from far, they can't make it in time for the service. So we didn't inform them. But because the news went viral, people brought in themselves and come and join, they came and joined us. The few we helped in transport, like coming from Ruero, to inform the others who brought themselves and come. So by the night, 200-something, we are already, already there at the church ground. They had to put up there. My, my. So they slept on the church grounds, about 200 people, the night before the meeting. Yeah. And I think the Lord used the meeting. I think it was a blessing to the brothers. And I trust that uh, the word will be something that they will take with them and grow. And I, I'll just say, uh, you know, when you get a multitude of ministers like that that are new in the message, you've got some that have fully embraced the message. You have some that have uh, really dug into the message, and you have some new ones who maybe have grasped the very basic doctrines of the truth that have been opened in this hour, but are not fully conversant with the message. Sure, a number of people uh, joined us on that day, and even some are calling us, like uh, I have heard today from my secretary telling me that there are pastors who came at the church this morning just wanted to see Pastor Chinji. We didn't know where they were whereabouts, but they said that they joined us on that day. So the secretary of the church told me that they have come, reported the church, they wanted to see Pastor Chinji. I told them to come back on Friday. I'll be giving you the information. Hmm. Where they were four of them. They want to join the message. They enjoyed what you preached that day about the mysteries. On top of that also, I want, I want to thank God that the RDC of Obovuma joined us on that day. A district near to Monday. That is the rep- residential district uh, commissioner, meaning that this is the president of the country representative, our national president representative in the district. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He came to know me early before he became the RDC. But when he came looking for uh, taking back his, his children to school, uh, then he had that I'm having a meeting. He wanted to bypass my home, then he said, let me come to the meeting. Mm. And he came there. People, they thought, when they saw the Toyota double cabin full of army, you know, here we are equipped like that, those people, they thought maybe Chiji is going to be invaded, only to see that the man just came and sat and joined us. And even he didn't brought the moon. You didn't, brother team, you didn't say gun there. But the guns were there behind the people there. Were, and the soldiers were there, so humble. And they, commenced, they waited on him, and the meeting was good. Today, he called me. He wanted you to visit his uh, premises where he has a business. Mm. I told him that I don't know whether Brother Tim will be able to go there because of time. Mm. But he loved the message so much. And he's calling me to go to his district mm. to preach the gospel there. Amen. I'm, not, I'm not saying that we have to be called by those kind of political leaders. But this is a miracle to me. Like it was during the time of Jesus. During the time of the apostles, there were some big government officers who could join in there just for the help of the gospel. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now, it's, it's always interesting when an, a senior politician comes into a meeting, as Brother Fred said, with a truck of army soldiers to serve as security for him as they stayed on the outside. But I, as I was preaching, I noticed way in the back of the meeting, there was a young man with dark glasses and a hoodie yes. on. And I thought, ah, oh, the secret police are here. And so, you know, that these things happen in these countries, and and he, I don't know if he thought nobody noticed him, <laughs> but he he sticked out like a sore thumb. They were on guard, guarding the RDC. Uh, there is Denso District Commissioner, uh, and he enjoyed the gospel. He had been hearing about this message of the hour. Right. And he's seeing you there and seeing the congregation there. Amen. He has brought him again to give me more attention. Amen. Because he knows that with the gospel we are preaching is now not just a money-made gospel around here, mm. but a universal revival going mm. on mm-hmm. in the whole world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's exactly right. And we thank God for every testimony. I'm sure those soldiers heard something that they had never heard before. And uh, even maybe God can work on one of their hearts and bring them into the kingdom of God. And so we're thankful for the opportunity to speak to them. Of course, at Bible Believers, our, our greatest priority is getting the word into the hands of the people, clothing the bride with the wedding garment of this end time message to prepare them for the rapture. We just landed about a month ago a shipment of 20,000 Bibles, 10,000 church age books, 10,000 Hebrew series books, along with 200,000 covers for printing books locally. Uh, Brother Fred, what does that mean to the what's going on here in Uganda? Yes, first of all, we want to thank those people who support the work of uh, making the books and sending them to us. Uh, for me, though the question is to posed to me, but Brother Tim is my witness, at first when he came in 2000, uh, that was 2018, that the first meeting when he came here, 2000. 19, 2018, around there, I've forgotten, sorry. Uh, it was hard for Brother Tim to preach and be understood. The only thing that you could understand by that time was Godhead mm. and that we have a prophet. Yeah. But uh, these meetings where Brother Tim has been, where there was a great, a lot of amens when he was preaching through the message of the hour. Uh, you know, like uh, the seven church ages, he was talking much about the character, character is a victory is not something and the power without a character is satanic all those things people because they have the seven church ages mm-hmm. now they understand where you even get going to where you have you are coming from and where you are going and then on addition to that before uh, the books came in the bibles came in people were much used to the gospel of prosperity as you understand pentecostals now they can understand when you are talking they can even quote from the bible what jesus said what the Old Testament speaks about. Now they think, they understand that this is not the work of a man. You see, the book uh, moves the message from being a man's work to God's word. Because now people, they understand that what we are talking, it is not we being cunning and wise to think of how we can, how eloquent we can talk to the people. So when they read for themselves, even sometimes uh, people, they call us and they say, Pastor, what you told me the other year about this one, I found it in the message of the hour. It is in this book here. Mm-hmm. So the books teaches, uh, they teach a lot than we as human beings can do. Please, if there's more books, we ask that God will allow and we receive them. I know we haven't given out the whole shipment of books that are there. Um, we've printed now 
uh, I think 30,000 or 40,000 Bibles, 30,000 Bibles total. We've printed about 30,000 church age books total. And of course, 10,000 seals, 10,000 Hebrew series. Uh, how many more do we need? I can't estimate, but we need more than 200,000. Mm. We need more than 200,000. Why? Because every day a church joins. Every moment somebody joins us. So if we are to estimate, like by the end of next year, if we can, if there can be a printing of 200,000, that is 200,000 uh, buy books of each copy, mm. at least it can help. Mm. Well, I want to say personally that would take a miracle. Uh, <laughs> but if, if, if the faith is there, and the people get behind it. I don't know if it'll be 200,000, but we certainly can maybe aim at 50,000 of each, and uh, that would be a huge shipment, but may God grant it as the need is here in the country. But I want to say, as you're listening to this, you can see that the need is great. Sure. You can understand that it's like uh, uh, putting water into a swimming pool with a garden hose. It's going to take a long time to fill up that swimming pool. And uh, that's the way it is with, it seems like, the amounts of books. We want to actually double or triple the amount of books we're printing inside the country every month. We're printing 10,000 books inside the country in the various languages. But we want to double and triple that if we can raise the funds for that, as well as, again, print another container load of books from China and bring that in as soon as possible. So, Brother Fred, we appreciate your insights, and thank you for answering these questions. I appreciate too. God bless you so much for the support. God bless you for your prayers. Please, we love you around the world. Keep us in prayers, and even pray for our lives, because denominations do not like us. But it's just by the mass of God that we are here. We believe that we can't live here until the work is done that God prepared for us. Amen. But keep us in prayers, as we will be doing for you, that God will equip you for more help to help us. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Brother Fred. I'll maybe just close with a little story. Brother Fred mentioned that denominations are against this message. I was in the restaurant in the hotel the other day. And we'd been consistently served by a, a young lady, waitress. Her name is Morgana. And uh, after a few days, I finally asked her, I said, you're trying to figure out what I'm doing here. And she said, yes, I am. And I said, well, what do you think I do? She says, are you a businessman? I said, no. She says, uh, are you a tourist? I said, no. She says, are you a government official? I said, no. I said, you'll notice I pray for my food. Yes, she says, I noticed that. I said, so I'm a Christian. Okay. She says, I'm a Christian too. I'm a born-again Christian. I said, well, some people call me a missionary. Oh, okay. I says, we, we build churches here. We, we print books. And we also I do some preaching here in Uganda. I said, uh, she says, what church are you with? And she was probably expecting Baptist, Pentecostal, Lutheran, something like that. I said, well, we're just a Bible believer, full gospel church. I said, that's, we don't have a denomination. And she said, well, what church are you with here? I said, do you know Sita Eagles Church? And she said, no, that's Brother Fred's church. I said, do you know Intervale Ministries in Jinja? She said, no. And uh, I said, okay, do you know the name Fred Chienji? 
Oh, yes, she says, I've heard that name before. <laughs> and uh, so uh, for good or for evil, Brother Fred's name has gone around the country because many churches are losing many captives that they held as they're coming into the light of the hour. So God bless you. Uh, we appreciate Brother Fred. We appreciate the work here. And Brother Tim, I would like to say for myself, and I know for a lot of others, that we appreciate your labors also. It's not easy to travel to a foreign country, and uh, I know that you, you put out a great deal of effort to try and bring support to places like Uganda, where the Lord is doing great things. It's not easy. Maybe we don't say it often enough, but we do appreciate you, Brother Tim, and all you do. And that characterization you made of it's like trying to uh, fill a swimming pool with a garden hose. You look at the resources you have and the vastness of the need. So we're so thankful that we have a God who is able to multiply those resources, just like the bread and the fishes, even though it seems like what we do is small. He won't let his people go hungry, and we trust that the Lord will supply what those precious believers in Uganda have need of. Amen, Brother Mark. We are trusting the Lord to supply these things. You know, I was pondering, as I mentioned previously, I use the term awakening more than revival because, as Brother Branham describes revival, it, revival is a stirring of the existing waters that are there whereas an awakening seems to be a general awakening amongst the existing population of a nation. certainly was referred to, they call, uh, three religious or spiritual movements in the United States as great awakenings, the latest ones in the mid-1800s. And I was thinking about that and realized how that... Uh, in the 1850s onward, the population of the United States was actually smaller than the current population in Uganda. So United States was a relatively small nation at that time, but God moved mightily amongst them at that uh, level of their existence. And what we're seeing in Uganda, and I'm recording these comments actually just before I go to the pulpit, to speak to the people in Cloverdale about uh, what's happening in Uganda. But what is happening there is a general movement amongst the people and an awakening to a level of spirituality that, of course, has never been seen on a general level. The message was first introduced in the, 18, uh, the 1980s, rather, in the, in the country of Uganda, and now... We see a second generation rising up. This is a generation later, about 40 years, and we're seeing another generation rise up and take a hold of the message of the hour that maybe some of the older churches, like all of us, we wonder if there's going to be very many saved anymore, and all of a sudden God opens a door and does a tremendous uh, outpouring and awakening in a country. It makes us wonder what God can do if we'll just surrender ourselves completely to him. So I trust that it was an encouragement to all of the listeners. And uh, we sure appreciate everybody that's working with us, not just in Uganda, but in all the missions work that are happening around the world. Certainly, 
Bible Believers is not the only ones working in missions. We appreciate each and every one that's working together to reach the end-time bride and clothe her with the end-time message, which is the wedding garment, to get her ready for the rapture. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. Until next time, shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at BibleWay.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says Newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click Sign Up. In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. The newsletter is free. Just request it, and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. This is Mark Ajo. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believers Faith Challenge Report podcast.